Let's do it. And now, shining the spotlight on the future of hockey, the World Juniors. Hi, this is uh, Spencer Knight. This is Matt Boldy. Hey guys, this is Cam York from Team USA. Hello, this is Tim Stutzler. Hi, my name is Noel Gunnler. I'm Alexander Holtz of the Team Sweden. Hey, I'm Dylan Cousins. Hey, it's Phil Tomasino. Hi, this is Devin Levi. Major Junior. Looks back to the point, turns, fires, scores! What a shot! First OHO goal for Shane Wright. Right circle, shot, scores! Connor Bedard has arrived here at the Brad Center, is first in the Western Hockey League. NCAA. Save! Watch out! Watch out! UMass are national champions! The NHL Draft. I am Slash and Kosa. This is Don Gunther of the Emmett Snow Kings. This is Luna McLoom from UGarn here. Hi, I'm Brent Clark. Hi, uh, this is Matt Coronado from the Chicago Steel. It's Zachary LaRue from the Halifax Moosehead. Hey, it's Paul Stones with a two-fall stampede. This is Fabian LaSalle. I play for Lulio. Hey, it's Corson Kuhlman from Brooks Bandit. Hi, this is Chaz Lucius. This is Logan Sandkoven. I play for the Camels Blazers. It's just Wolfis from uh, Lulio Hockey. And more. Bring it! This is the Pipeline Show. The Quebec Major Junior Hockey League is about to make its return, and the end of their regular season has been pushed back to the start of May. What does that mean for the OHL and the WHL? There's new ownership in Omaha. A coach is out in the NCAA. Details on the top prospect game in the Null and the Memorial Cup dates are being pushed back. Good weekend, everybody. Welcome to the Pipeline Show. My name is Guy Flaming. This episode and every episode brought to you by our friends at Wilhock Beef Jerky. That is Alberta's best beef jerky. You can't win friends with salad, but you can win them with beef jerky. As long as it's the delicious kind as it is at Wilhock Beef Jerky. Any order, any size, anywhere in Western Canada. They have two locations, but they'll ship it to you if you're in Manitoba or Saskatchewan or, or in British Columbia as well. Go to wilhockbeefjerky.com. Get in contact with Trent at the Leduc location, and they will take care of your order. Comes to you vacuum sealed, fresh on delivery, absolutely delicious. Your taste buds and you will thank me for it. That's wilhockbeefjerky.com. Let's dive right into the news and notes and uh, breaking here on this Friday. Michael Lancet from The Sun in Quebec City is reporting, and now it's being widely reported, that the uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League Remember, they haven't played since before Christmas, and they were set to start on February 1st. Well, they're going to start on February 3rd, and they are still determined to get 68 games in, so a full regular season. But to do that, they're going to have to push back the end of the regular season, now scheduled to end on May 1st. And that's going to have ramifications for the OHL and the WHL. Both both of those two leagues currently scheduled to end on Sunday, April 3rd. However, both leagues are having several postponed games. They're trying to cram into the schedule. But to do that, you're going to have to start playing you know, four games in a week, and that's not good for anybody. Uh, sources tell me that the uh, WHL and the OHL are expected to push back the end of their regular seasons as well. I, would have to, I haven't heard that it's going to be a full month, more like a couple of weeks, but I would have to think, now that the queue is set theirs in stone for May 1st, it would make sense to me that the, the WHL and the OHL would do it to finish up at the same time. So they all three leagues can start their playoffs on at the same time and the Memorial Cup, 
which I alluded to a minute ago, uh, they have all, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League has also confirmed that new dates for the Memorial Cup will also be announced. There, That was supposed to start early June. Well, CHL playoffs will still be going on in early June. So that's going to have to be pushed back. I would have to think maybe the final week of June. Remember, you've got the NHL draft in early July, and you would think the Memorial Cup would be wrapped up by then. So nothing official yet from the uh, Ontario Hockey League or the Western Hockey League, but uh, it is Friday. That could be a uh, you know a Friday news dump right before the weekend. Full slate of games in the WHL tonight. I think only two teams are not playing. The Edmonton Oil Kings, one of them, I believe Saskatoon is the other team not playing tonight. But the Oil Kings have uh, Swift Current on Saturday. That's a 7 o'clock start. And then on Sunday, the Lethbridge Hurricanes are here for a 4 p.m. start. So the Oil Kings playing two games in 24 hours. They were absolutely thumped by the Moose Jaw Warriors earlier this week. 8-1. Moose Jaw came to town. They look really impressive. And they did it short, like undermanned. They came into the game short of forward. They lost two players during the, the course of the game and still dominated Edmonton. I haven't seen the Oil Kings beaten like that. I, I go back, uh, I was trying to think. The Tri-City Americans came through town once. Yusuf Alamaki, uh, Michael Rasmussen, that era. And uh, they laid a beating on the Oil Kings. It, it might have been the, the year when the Oil Kings won like 16 games and then they qualify. Uh, they ended up drafting Dylan Gunther first overall. So, I mean... A really good team at the top of their cycle against the Oil Kings when they're at the bottom of their cycle. This is not what the Oil Kings are supposed to be this year. The Oil Kings are a really good team, but they got taken to the woodshed. And maybe that, every once in a while, that's probably a good thing. We'll see how the Oil Kings bounce back this weekend. As for Moose Jaw, they came into that game. Their power play was ranked 14th in the WHL out of 22 teams, 14th. They were fantastic, man. They zipped the puck around. They've got so much talent. I can't believe that they're 14th in the league coming into that game. It's, it's probably different right now, but, you know, Denton Matejchuk and, and Damon Hunt on the back end. Hunt played a ton. He was really good that night. Jagger Furcus, exceptional player. Ryder Korzak, almost kind of overshadowed in that game by, you know, Braden Yeager, Braden Yeager, excuse me, and Jagger Furcus, and yet Korzak had three assists. Andrew Peard and I, voice of the Oil Kings, we were kind of talking about it afterwards or during one of the commercial breaks. It's like it's the quietest three-assist game I, I can recall. Korzak didn't do a whole lot. He wasn't like uh, on the highlight reels, yet had three assists in the game. But Musha and Saskatoon, both red hot right now. They've won four in a row. But the hottest team in the WHL has to be the Portland Winterhawks. They are 10-0-0-1 in their last 11. They've played one more game than Kamloops, but trail the Blazers by two points. Uh, and they've caught and passed the Seattle Thunderbirds. They have a one-point lead, but the T-Birds do have two games in hand. So uh, Portland making that race in the Western Conference pretty interesting right now. Shift gears to the OHL. The Kingston Frontenats riding a four-game heater. And the Barry Colts, hearing people and seeing people uh, talking about the Colts on social media right now as uh, the team that they're starting to resemble what everybody thought they would be at the start of the year, which is one of the top teams in the league. Well, they're 3-0 and right now as are the Flint Firebirds, so some teams catching fire here as, no pun intended, as the uh, scene shifts into the stretch drive towards the playoffs. The hottest team in the Alberta Junior Hockey League right now would be the Okotoks Oilers, who have won their last four straight contests, and the Lloyd Bobcats have won three in a row. Both of those teams in the middle of the standings in their respective uh, divisions. 
course, the Brooks Band is still the number one team in the Canadian Junior Hockey League, but they've lost a couple here this month, 41-4-1. Their record overall still ridiculously impressive. They've got a nine-point cushion over the Spruce Grove Saints for top spot in the entire AJHL, but they do have two games in hand as well. New ownership in the USHL as the Omaha Lancers have uh, announced a new majority owner. Of course, you go back uh, about a month and a half ago or two months ago, and Brad Elliott Schlossman and uh, Chris Peters reporting on uh, a lot of internal dysfunction in the organization. The USHL launched an investigation, determined there was uh, nothing wrong, and yet now they have new ownership. So raises a bit of an eyebrow. Top scorer in the USHL right now is Stephen Halliday from the Dubuque Fighting Saints, and he's been on top now for must be about six weeks. Uh, Jackson Blake from the Chicago Steel right with him. One point separating the two of them. And Jeremy Wilmer now from the Tri-City Storm has climbed up into third spot. He has 47 points. Wilmer was draft eligible last year, but he's tiny. 5'6", 155 pounds, headed to Boston University. So one of those guys who's probably going to go to college, light it up, put up some big numbers, and maybe gets a free agent signing uh, out of college. The Null announced their uh, top prospect game. Excuse me, it's actually a little mini tournament that they put on. It's a little bit different format than other leagues' uh, top prospect uh, games. Or This is going to be four teams, one from each division. The U-17 squad from the National Team Development Program is going to uh, be involved, or at least some of the players. The, the players who are playing in this event, the, the criteria is players without an NCAA commitment. So it's a spotlight for those guys to get more eyes on them from the NCAA and also those who have been identified by NHL Central Scouting as prospects for the upcoming 2022 NHL draft, which I think for the NAHL is, is like three guys. But I like that format. It's a good way to get these guys a little bit more exposure for the NCAA, and uh, no league is putting more players to Division One hockey than the than the NAL is. Clint Millimock, who you heard on the show uh, earlier this season, he's the head coach of the Maryland Black Bears. He's going to be involved in the tournament coaching Team East. This tournament happens on uh, Monday, February 7th and Tuesday, February 8th. So we'll check in on that and see how it all unfolded. Now, the big news out of the NCAA is that Rick Bennett has resigned from Union as the head coach. He'd been there for 17 years, uh, but was uh, under investigation. That was announced last week. Uh, No details on what the investigation was, uh, but he has decided to step down. There is an article at College Hockey News with uh, some explanation and some uh, quotes as well from uh, the school and uh, Coach Bennett. Uh, John Ronan will take over as the interim head coach. He was on staff already as an assistant, and you would have to think uh, he'll be in the mix to become the permanent head coach, although I'm sure Union will do their due diligence and uh, search for a permanent head coach in the offseason. We'll get to who's coming up. On this week's episode of the Pipeline Show, reminder that all my guests will join me courtesy the Troubled Monk Hotline. Based out of Red Deer, they've got the Tap House. It's open. You can go in, get some uh, exclusive to the Tap House, beers right on tap, and other beverages. But if you're in Alberta and you live between Calgary and St. Albert, you can get home delivery absolutely for free. Go to troubledmonk.com slash shop. Maybe you're buying a flat of Rebels Red. Highly recommended. Or you're getting a taster pack. Or you're buying some soda. Maybe it's the Saskatoon soda or the ginger ale. You can get spirits as well. 
whatever your flavor is, if you use promo code PIPELINE, you're going to get that delivered right to your door free of charge. Go to troubledmonk.com slash shop. All right, this week's guest list, one short from what I was looking for, but uh, all three guests that we're going to have this week, all draft-eligible players, so the 2022 draft spotlight is going to get a workout this week. All three guys, potential first-round picks, so big week here on the Pipeline Show. We'll start with Denton Matejak from those Moose Jaw Warriors. I chatted with him on Monday right before that big game against the Edmonton Oil Kings. One of the top uh, WHLers for the draft this year and one of the top defensemen in the entire class of 2022. So Denton Matejak will lead things off. From there, we'll go to the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and Nathan Gaucher from the Quebec Rampart. Big centerman, six foot three, ranked very high by NHL Central Scouting and having a pretty solid year for the uh, Rampart. We'll get to know him and then we will uh, head to the Ontario Hockey League and uh, one of the more unique names in the class of 2022 is Luca Del Bell Belouz. He's a outstanding forward for the Mississauga Steelheads. And a great story here, a guy who didn't play at all last year because the OHL didn't play and was a very much a depth player in his rookie season, but is now one of the leading scorers in the entire Ontario Hockey League. So three very interesting guests, and we will begin with Denton Matejchuk of the Moose Jaw Warriors. He is up first here on the Pipeline Show, fueled by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Hey, it's Eric Comrie from the Tri-City Americans. Break away from center. Vascoff coming in on Comrie. He's stopped by Eric Comrie. And the Golden Club keeps it tied. You're listening to the Pipeline Show. Troubled Monk Brew of the Week. Hey, this one's great on ice. Why is that, bud? Troubled Monk Troubled Tea. This surprising beverage is low in sugar, zero carbonation, and has an unmistakable real tea taste. Alberta's first and only hard iced tea. Player comparable, Jack Eichel. Silky smooth and super skilled, but a little softer and enjoyed by all. Troubled Monk, visit the tap room in Red Deer or get free same-day home delivery in Alberta by placing an order at troubledmonk.com. Troubled Monk. Craft beverages worth sharing. You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. We are back on the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Of course, the program brought to you by Wilhock Beef Turkey. That is the best beef turkey you've ever had. It's Alberta's best beef turkey, and you can get it anywhere in Western Canada, but you have to order it from the location in Leduc because it comes to you vacuum-sealed, fresh on delivery, and absolutely delicious. Any order, any size, anywhere in Western Canada. Just contact Trent at wilhockbeefjerky.com at the Leduc location. All right, we're going to have uh, three uh, 2022 draft spotlight segments in a row to begin this week's episode. And our first stop is with the Moose Jaw Warriors and one of the top defensemen available in the 2022 NHL draft is Denton Matejchuk from the Moose Jaw Warriors. Denton, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm pretty good. Excited to be here. Well, I, I'm pleased to uh, get a chance to speak with you. You guys are uh, playing some pretty good hockey right now. I know you're coming off a, a win against the uh, the Calgary Hitmen. You beat the uh, Red Deer Rebels as well. Three-game heater for the Warriors as you're coming into Edmonton. By the time this interview will air... Uh, publicly, it's going to be Friday, so the game in, in Edmonton on Tuesday will be over. But as we're speaking right now, it's Monday, and 
you guys have got to be feeling pretty good about yourselves. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I was uh, I was out with a bit of an injury for a little while there, and then came back against Calgary on Wednesday, and we had a good game there. And then yeah, just followed it up with the next two. We got a bit of momentum going into the into this next week. Well, and overall this year, how would you say the team has played? Uh, I mean, you're you're sitting fourth right now in in the conference uh, when it comes to uh, points, and I know uh, point per game you might be fifth or something like that. But right in the middle of the the conference, I would have to think you're pretty pleased with that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we're pretty pleased with that. Uh, never satisfied, really, though. I think uh, we've been in a lot of hockey games this year, uh, games that we've lost and games that we've won. You know, there's always always more that you can do and stuff. And I think uh, I think we're happy with our record, but I think we know that uh, you know we're a better team than that, and we have more to show. And you know, we're just gonna keep improving and keep uh, keep trying to improve that in the second half. And how about for you on a personal level, Denton? Thirty-four points in thirty-seven games, uh, and that's you know, well past the, the scoring pace you had last year in the 16 games in the subhub. How have you felt about the way you've performed this year? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I've had a, I have had a strong season so far. I've uh, got to give a huge thanks to my coaches this year and previous coaches, you know, always telling me to play my game and I just tried to, you know, they always trying to help me along the way with uh, everything that I do. And I think, uh, you know, they really, this year, coaches really giving me a team like to play my game and then just try and help me where they can. And I think that, uh, helps me, you know, with my confidence and my the way I play, and I think that that's a big help. But yeah, I'm definitely happy with my, how my how my season's been going so far, and just just gonna keep trying, keep trying to improve it as the season goes on. I'm wondering who your defensive partner has been for the most part this year, and and whether or not that changes a lot. I know you mentioned you were banged up a little bit. I know uh, Damon Hunt has been in and out of the lineup at times this year as well. So, are you do you find yourself playing uh, with several different players over the course of the year, or is it one guy mostly? For most of the year, I've been with uh, Damon. Uh, uh, he was gone for the World Juniors there, and then he had his injury, so he was out for a little while. But mm-hmm. when we've both been in the game, we've played together pretty much the whole year. And I played with a couple other guys, uh, Cole Jordan and um, Ajit Kadura. Those are two main other guys that I've played with. But, uh, yeah, probably the most games I've played with Hunt, we, we started the year together and you know developed some chemistry, and then now we're, now we're both back in the lineup. Well, Damon, the the veteran drafted player on the team uh, that uh, as a as a younger player in in your draft season, I imagine that's a good partner for you to have, and and uh, to some degree to uh, have a, as a mentor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's nice to be a D partner, and you know, always me tips and stuff like that, and I can learn a lot from a guy like that. You know, he's a great player and a great person. Yeah, I just try and take away what I can for sure. Denton Matejchuk of the Moose Jaw Warriors is my guest here on the Pipeline Show. And what we like to do in this part of the show, Denton, is uh, let the audience get to know somebody that's draft eligible. This is a junior and college hockey show, so the core uh, Pipeline Show fans uh, are junior hockey fans. But there'll be a lot of casual NHL fans who listen to an interview like this because you're an NHL draft prospect. Uh, They might not know where Moose Jaw is on a map, let alone watch any Warrior games. So, for the benefit of those people, let's start at the beginning and tell me where you grew up. Where are you from? Uh, yeah, I'm from uh, Dominion City, Manitoba. Uh, probably never heard of it. Not many have. It's a, it's a town of about 300 people. Uh, born and raised there. Uh, lived there until I uh, went, uh, went to Regina in the bubble last year. And then now, now I'm in Moosia and then I'm always back there in the summers. Uh, you're right. I haven't heard of Dominion City. Where in Manitoba <laughs> is it? Um, it's about an hour hour and a bit uh, south of Winnipeg. It's Okay. So ten minutes from the U.S. border. Oh, interesting. All right, uh, all right. And have you always been a defenseman, Denton? Uh, yeah, yeah. I played a played a bit of goalie when I was younger. Uh, I don't know. I was kind of huge Luongo fan, so I kind of just 
wanted to be a goalie for a little bit, but uh, defense has always been my game since I was probably like nine or ten. It's funny because I usually will ask players if they, you know, had to take their turn in net when they're in novice or something, and the team didn't have a full time goalie. I'm guessing you were the guy who wanted to to be in net as a kid. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Well, yeah, we were doing that where you take turns, and then I kind of, yeah, kind of played a couple more games than everybody else, and then yeah, I really enjoyed it, but uh, I just I wasn't I wasn't very good at it. I couldn't say <laughs> at all, but it was a uh, some something that I really tried back then. But yeah, definitely. Definitely know uh, defense more and more passionate about defense for sure. Well, it seems like it's been the right choice for you. Defense seems to be working out pretty well, but it's funny that it wasn't that you didn't, or was it that you didn't enjoy it, or that you just weren't very good at? It? I guess maybe they go hand in hand. If you're not having a, if you can't make any saves, that's not going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, they definitely go a little bit hand in hand for sure. All right, well, tell me about the blue line and making that transition. Did it take you a while to to feel comfortable? And how old were you when you when you first moved from the net to the blue line? Um, well, I, I played, uh, I played player and goalie kind of just off and on, uh, probably from when I was in maybe novice or Adam and then I uh, kind of just, kind of just tried it out and then, you know, it was really my thing. I always loved playing defense and that's kind of what I did. And then I tried out goalie and mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, but it was nothing like really playing D, a D. that's kind of just always been my jam. Okay. Who got you into hockey when you were a kid? Uh, that was, a, that was, I have to give a huge shout out to my dad, uh, you know, he's a college baseball player, so that's kind of his uh, his strong suit. And then uh, growing up in a small town, those are two really things that, that we had was a hockey rink and a baseball diamond. So kind of got into both of those. And uh, growing up in a small town, I had access to the rink pretty much all the time. And uh, my dad would take me wherever I wanted to go. And I think that was that was something that I really appreciate and, you know, really developed the love I have for the game now, for sure. I, I know you got two brothers. I don't know if they're younger or older, a mix. Uh, what are they? Uh yeah, I got a I got an older brother Maddox. He's uh he's playing baseball in Kentucky right now and then uh wow. I actually got two 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 younger two younger brothers, Casey and Crosby. They're both they're both hockey players. Nice. All right. Are they defensemen as well? Uh yeah, yeah, they're both defensemen. And well I actually have a sister too, Bradley, she's nine and uh yeah, she's just she's just getting into hockey now. Wow, a big athletic family. That's cool. Yeah. Take me back to the Bantam draft and uh, what that day was like for you. You didn't have to wait long to hear your name called, 11th overall pick uh, by the Warriors back in 2019. But uh, I know some guys were at home from school and getting to follow along. Other guys were at school and staring at their phones and and things like that. Uh, A few guys have told me they were in Philadelphia for a tournament. Uh, What was the story for you? Uh, Yeah, I remember the day I was... uh... I was at school and my uh, my I was actually in math class. And my teacher asked me if, uh, if it was alright with me if they put a put the live stream up on the on the whiteboard uh, on on the computer. So I said, yeah, sure, you can do that. So I was with all my all my classmates and in, in math and put that on. And then yeah, that was pretty pretty cool experience to share with them for sure. That is pretty cool. Were anybody else in the draft that was in your your school as well? Ah, uh, no, no, there was there was just me. Wow. So I mean, you're like the celebrity that day. That's pretty cool. Everybody gets excited. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Fantastic. Uh, all right. Well, your first thought about it being Moose Jaw. I mean, you're you're in Manitoba as a kid. Uh, Moose Jaw is not that far away from Manitoba, but it does mean that you're you're moving away from home. And I know you spent a lot of time in the Winnipeg area uh, playing uh, uh, minor hockey. But uh, what was your first first thoughts about it being Moose Jaw? Uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know a lot about uh, a lot about the place. It heard all great things, and then got on the got on the phone with the coach and the GM, and you know just. Uh, kind of talked to them about it and what the experience, like what it was like there, and uh, yeah, it really, really sounded like a positive environment for me, and I was really excited to join the Warriors. 
I wonder how much pressure you feel as a guy who's taken that high. I, I you know the organization uses a, a, a first round pick on you. They're going to have some, a level of expectation. The fans certainly, you know what fans are going to be like. They're going to expect you to be a difference maker. Uh, but most guys would tell me that nobody puts more pressure on you than you yourself. Is, is that the same for you, Denton? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you always want to make sure that, you know, you're doing your part and, uh, yeah, the fans will definitely give you some pressure and, you know, you, you're, you have expectations for yourself as well when you're that high of a pick and, you know, you want to be, want to be great and go with to play in the NHL and, uh, you know, that's just, this is a step of the way. And I think, uh, you know, I put that pressure on myself. I don't want to, don't want to overwhelm myself with stuff like that, but, uh, you know, it's that always in your mind, you know, that you want to, you want to do well. Well, this is your, I guess we'd say first full year in the WHL because last year, I mean, we we had the the sub hub. It was just 23, 24 games, and the year before that, you got into seven with the Warriors before everything got shut down. How have you seen yourself, or how do you feel you've sort of evolved as a player here over the last, let's say, 20, 22 months? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely unfortunate with the shortened season last yeah. year. We weren't able to play a full year, but uh, so it's really nice to play. You know, seeing that the other leagues didn't open up and. You know, when you're just sitting at home not doing much, I uh, take for granted the game and uh, give me a great appreciation for it and how much it means to me. And uh, yeah, I think my games, my games evolved a lot over the last two uh, two years. Uh, you know, try to become more of a two-way defenseman. You know, play play in the offensive situations, but also you know be able to play that shutdown role and be like if we're down if we're up a goal late in the game, I you know I want to be on the ice for that shutdown role too. So I think. Uh, I think I've tried to implement that into my game, just being an all-around defenseman. I think I've done a pretty good job of that so far. Tell me about the draft itself and it, whether it's something that you think about. Most guys, or I wouldn't say most, I'd say half the, the players I talk to say they try not to think about it because they don't want it to become a distraction. Uh, but they're probably the other half tell me that they actively seek out to see who's got them ranked where, and they kind of use that as motivation. What about for you, Denton? Uh, yeah, I definitely can use it as a bit of motivation to see my, my name on there. But, you know, I don't try to try to worry about it too much. Uh, you know, playing here, I'm just going to try and play my game every night. You know, I'm not going to change anything because of my rankings or anything like that. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, it's it's nice to see that stuff. But, you know, there's also, it's also a little bit away. And, you know, i gotta got to keep working towards that. Does it matter where, like, what round you are taken in? Does it change anything? I know outside of pride, and, and nobody's going to fault the, a person for saying, I want to be drafted as high as possible, but does it change anything whether you're a first-rounder or a fourth-rounder? Um, I, I think, you you know, it's in your head a little bit, but to me it, it wouldn't change anything if I was first-rounder or fourth-rounder. You know, goal's still the same to, you know, play in the NHL, and you know, being drafted is a big part of that, but I also think that, you know, playing in the NHL is, is my end goal. And if I'm drafted in the fourth round, then that's, you know, I'm, st- I'm still going to do everything I can in my ability to, to get there. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, uh, WHL website. You're listed at 5'11", 186. Uh, how up-to-date is that? Is that accurate for, like, right now? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's accurate. Okay. Uh, do you feel like you've stopped growing vertically, or do you think there's another inch or two in there? Uh, yeah, I think there could be another inch or two in there. My brother is uh, six foot three. My dad's about the same as that. So, yeah, it could be definitely another All right. inches in there. For those who haven't had a chance to watch you play, and I know you kind of touched on it already a little bit, but how do you describe yourself as a, as a player? Because we can look at the stats and see you're, I mean, you're a point-per-game guy, basically, uh, but that doesn't always uh, paint the uh, the entire picture. So how do you de- describe yourself? Yeah, I describe myself as a two-way defenseman. Uh, I like to use my deception a lot on ice uh, to create, you know, space for my teammates for passing lanes or shot on net. I think that's one of my biggest strengths is, 
is my deception and my skating and uh I can play in all situations, power play, penalty kill uh, and uh yeah, just a two way defenseman and I think that's that sums up my game. As a Manitoba guy, that were the Jets your team growing up? I know maybe they weren't there uh, when you were really young, but uh you know, as you started to get a little bit older and watch more hockey, did they become your team? Uh, I, I was actually always a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. Uh, you know, I'd go to the go to the odd Jets game, and uh, yeah, I was a huge uh, huge Penguins fan. I liked uh, Crosby and Malkin; those are my those are my two guys. And then Chris Letang on the back end. Uh, really, really me and my older brother. That was their that was their team to watch. We really enjoyed watching them. I was going to ask Chris Letang if uh, if as a defenseman, if that was a guy that you you kind of looked at. Um, I'm looking at your uh, your page at uh, Elite Prospects. I don't know if you've ever looked at the website, but the the, the picture they're using of you, you're wearing like an old style uh, flying V, the the Vancouver Canucks jersey. Where were you wearing, when you were wearing that? Uh yeah, uh, it, it was a summer tournament. I played for a team uh, run by a guy named Ronnie Ball, and he'd fly a bunch of guys out to play in uh, tournaments in Toronto, uh, okay. Vancouver, all around it. Yeah, it was a definitely a pretty cool experience. I was pretty young, so it's kind of my first time flying and stuff like that and to to uh, play in those was pretty pretty cool you uh, the guy who ran ran it ron he was a he was a huge hockey fan you see in his passion for the game and the love he had for it and uh yeah it was pretty cool to get to play in those tournaments uh, it's funny i knew it wasn't a um a moose jaw warriors jersey but i couldn't identify where it was from whether it was you know your club team when you're a kid in winnipeg or something like that but yeah those jerseys i mean a lot of i'm old enough to remember when the the canucks actually wore them but you know, love them or hate them, those jerseys are pretty unique. Is there a, you know, when you look at your time, whether it's with Moose Jar or not, what's the best jersey you've worn and what's the ugliest jersey you've worn? And as a player, do you care what the jersey looks like? Uh, yeah, uh, I uh, I like our uh, I like our uh, white jerseys actually from Moose Jar. I think those are those are pretty cool jerseys. I've always enjoyed wearing those. I think that that probably be uh, one of the one of the best best jerseys I've worn. And the 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 current white ones, like the ones you're wearing this year. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the current white ones, and then uh, oh, worst jersey I've ever worn. Uh, trying to trying to think of a basic one that uh, you know doesn't really pop. Uh, I know from a broadcaster's perspective, the the black Moose Jaw Warrior jerseys with the red numbers are pretty hard, especially in Edmonton when we're trying to call a game from way up in the rafters in the in the press box at Edmonton. Those are a challenge, but you know, I didn't know if if it mattered to a player what they looked like. You, you got some. In the WHL, you got lots of specialty night jerseys and things like that. I don't know how creative or uh, or what the the Warriors have done in the past, but uh, is there one that stands out to you? In a, uh, in a man, I'm glad I don't have to wear those anymore. Uh, yeah, there's a uh, the, we had uh, hockey fights cancer night jerseys, and those were those were pretty sweet too. Uh, um, I, I'm honestly not a huge fan of our black jerseys. Uh, hmm. They're I'm not a huge fan of the the loose logo on that one, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely cool when you get to wear those third jerseys or you know special night jerseys. Uh, it's pretty cool to you know see what they can come up with the, in the design. And yeah, it's always you always as a player you you always look at the jerseys a little bit. So it's yeah. nice when they they look pretty cool. Uh, I know uh, you're one of the you know your generation or the last uh, your your age group uh, and uh, maybe the year before and after you. There's been a lot of tournaments canceled. You haven't been able to play as as much internationally as you normally would have. Do you feel kind of robbed of those experiences? I mean, hopefully, knock on wood, we get a CHL top prospect game this year. We haven't had that for a, for a little while now. Uh, it's it's kind of been difficult to get into some of those showcase events for you. Uh yeah, yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's unfortunate, but uh, it was just the situation that we had to deal with, and kind of just you know, it was 
pretty kind of just shocked the world there with all the stuff stuff going on and then you know it's unfortunate you know not to be able to do that stuff but uh hopefully you know all that all the stuff where we can get past us and you know get it get back to the international play and i was fortunate enough last year to be at that u18 tournament for the world championship and uh that was that was pretty cool especially to you know have that have that going on you know with all the international teams yeah in the in the world you're in as a younger guy too, as an underage player. And I know you weren't the only one on the team who was uh, not draft eligible last year, but that must've been a pretty big thrill. And uh, I don't know how comfortable you felt. I, I imagine you didn't feel like you were playing out over your head or anything like that. Uh, yeah, no, it's definitely uh definitely a cool experience. And it's, uh, yeah, I'd never really played with many of those guys and knowing them, you know, nor the competition because it's the older age group that pretty much only played against, my uh, my uh, age group, other than in junior, where you're playing against older guys, but uh, right. yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a cool experience, and you know, winning gold in that tournament too was a uh, is just really cool feeling, and some I won't forget anytime soon for sure. Well, Denton, listen, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, continued success. I wish you the best of luck the rest of the way this season with the Warriors and whatever happens at the draft, and uh, I hope we get to chat again. Okay, sounds good. One of the top blue liners in the entire class of 2022, that is Denton Matejchuk of the Moose Jaw Warriors. He and the Warriors are starting to uh, play some pretty good hockey here as we get into the second half of the 2022 WHL campaign. It's going to be a team, I don't think anybody wants to play them in the playoffs this year. I don't think they're going to be pegged as favorites, but they are not going to be an easy out. This isn't the year that where they're supposed to win. That's next year or the year after. They've got a young team with, man, this uh, this club next year going to be scary good. I think they need goaltending, but they've got a lot of offensive weapons and uh, some de- they've got better depth now than they've had in a number of years. So I think the Moose Jaw Warriors are, are, are going to be a fun team to watch, and Matejchuk will be a big part of that. All right, next up, we're going to continue with the 2022 draft spotlight, and uh, I might have to call an audible at the line on this one, but uh, slated to be Nathan Gosher from the Quebec Rempart. Big forward and uh, big expectations as he is uh, being pegged as a probable first-round pick. Let's get to know Nathan next here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Down there by Zaboral. Puck comes free. Ward's clearing play to the line. It skips out to center. Valeno trying to break shorthanded. Joe Valeno, penalty coming. Valeno deking, scores! Joe Valeno, shorthanded goal! Hey, it's Joe Valeno from the Drummondville Voltageurs, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Troubled Monk Brew of the Week sure is a tasty one. Bud, what is it? Bucktooth Belgian White, a light and citrusy, flavorful beer. This Belgian White is a perfect patio pint. Try it with a freshly cut orange to brighten up your already sunny day. Player comparable, Patrick Kane knows what season to turn it on and has splashes of brilliance. Troubled Monk, visit the tap room in Red Deer or get free same-day home delivery in Alberta by placing an order at TroubledMonk.com. Troubled Monk. Craft beverages worth sharing. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. 
is the cheapest drug there is. We're back on the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming and the uh, program brought to you by Wilhock Beef Turkey. That's at wilhockbeefturkey.com. It's the best beef turkey you've ever had and available anywhere in Western Canada. Unfortunately, that means my next guest can't get any Wilhock Beef Turkey unless he happens to come out west. Uh, we're going to continue with the 2022 draft spotlight segments. We'll get to know another player eligible for the upcoming NHL draft. And uh, right now with the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League not playing, that means my next guest uh, has a little bit more free time and he's able to join me this week. I'm pleased to be joined by Nathan Gaucher from the Quebec Rempart. Uh, Nathan, welcome to the program. How are you? Hello, welcome. Thank you. It's, it's, it's nice to be on the show. Well, I appreciate that uh, you were available. And right now, I guess you have lots of time <laughs> for yourself and the team. What are you guys doing right now? I guess it's been, what, since before Christmas since you were able to play a game? Uh, honestly, yeah, we've had some spare time here, not going to lie. Uh, we came back, well, I came back in Quebec. I was at my uh, home for like a month, uh, hanging out with family, just doing stuff as usual and uh, uh, waiting for the season to uh, start again. But uh, we're now here in Quebec, so it's good news. Uh, we're practicing with the team. Uh, we're working out uh, off the ice and on the ice. So it's good to be back with the team. And this means we're probably going to play back soon. Well, I, I know it's supposed to be February 1st, but I'm not sure if, if that's official uh, already or not. I know yeah. some of the, the teams from the Maritime, like New Brunswick and, and Nova Scotia, they've moved now to Quebec to start practicing, yeah, I, getting ready to go. So do you know when your first game is officially going to be? Well, it was supposed to be uh, as soon as, like what, uh, February 1st? Yeah. But I think uh, we didn't hear anything yet, so I don't think it's going to be this weekend. Um, I think it's been pushed back a little, but uh, we've had some great news in the, uh, recently, and we're waiting on, uh, on the green light. All right. Uh, you must be get, getting bored almost. Yeah, it's This is like another training camp, isn't it? I mean, you, you've played <laughs> a half the season already, but you want to get back at yeah. it, I'm sure. Yeah, this is what we were saying the other day. It's just like, sounds like we didn't play a, a game yet and we're in training camp and we're waiting for the <laughs> season to start. But uh, you got to stay sharp, honestly. We practice uh, our whole system. We stay uh, we stay in shape, uh, battles one-on-one, uh, stay in shape in the gym. So we, get, we, do, we do what we have to do to... Uh, get back as soon as we have the green light and uh, uh, we deal with whatever we have. The one difference between this and training camp is that in training camp, you have exhibition games to get ready for the regular yeah. season. This is different. As soon as you the puck drops, exactly. it's for real again. Do you think it will take yeah. some teams and hopefully not the Rempart uh, a little bit uh, of, you know, a game or two to, to feel like you're back into a hundred percent game shape? Honestly, uh, like, I, I hope, I hope not for everyone, but I don't think we we're gonna have the to, to take time to to be at our best because we we very work hard in practice and honestly practice and, and games are not the same. Yeah. I have to admit, but uh, every team's on the same level here in the Quebec Major Hockey League, so uh, uh, we're all equal. It's not like they've played like a couple of games before us, so we're all in the same boat. And uh, I, yeah, for 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 your question, I guess I think it's gonna be a little like one or two games to get back a hundred percent. Well, I know the uh, the Rampart were playing very well going into the Christmas break, uh, six-game winning yeah. streak right now. So, I mean, you're one of the teams who probably didn't want to have something like this happen. I know there are teams who have been on the <laughs> other side, a long losing streak, and this is probably a great thing for them. <laughs> but uh, for you guys, uh, that's got to be frustrating uh, to some degree. Honestly, it's, it's, yeah, it's frustrating a little because you see you see play the other leagues, the other uh, like uh, best teams in the league, and you watch them play – watch them being uh, like uh, starting to get better 
and uh but it's kind of positive for us too because we we have we can work on our little uh, details for us and watch what hasn't been working before christmas so we're I, like we're gonna be a hundred percent ready to play uh, when we come back, so uh, it, it's positive in a way. Well, the Rampart second in the Eastern Conference, uh, right behind the Charlottetown Islanders, uh, winning percentage-wise, one of the top teams in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League this year, and I don't think that was a surprise. Everybody knew pretty early on that uh, Patrick Wy and the Quebec Rampart would be all in this year. Uh, how do you feel about the way your team has played? Uh, I, I think we've been great, honestly. We've had the a great start of the year. We've had some up and down in the middle, and uh, we ended the things well. We're just trying to get some, uh, you know, just get some uh, confidence in our game and uh, being one of the better team in the league and to be able to beat the other league. So, like I said, we've had some up and down, but uh, we had to work on that. Nathan, for yourself, 26 points right now through 30 games this year. Are you happy with the way that you've played? Uh, yes, I'm happy with the way I've played. Uh, like I said, with the team, it's been some up, up and downs, and I'm part of that too. Mm. Uh, I, I know I can do better uh, after Christmas, and just, I'm just going to prove it on the ice. Well, 24 points as a rookie a couple of years ago in the season that ended when COVID started and no playoffs that yeah. year. Last year in a shortened season, you had 31 points in 30 games, so you actually have slightly fewer points this year in the same amount of games. Does that bother you at all? Oh, Not at all. I'm trying to be better in different like aspects of my game and um, just trying to be better for the next level. So I don't mind uh, the, the points this year. I'm just trying to be like a well-rounded guy uh, who plays a 200-foot game and just trying to uh, be better in every aspect of my game. So um, I'm, not, uh, I'm not worried at all. Nathan Gaucher is my guest. He plays for the Quebec Rempart and draft eligible this year. And that's what we'll talk about now. Uh, a lot of, there'll be a yeah. you know my show it's it's called the pipeline show and it's all about prospects so there are a lot of people who listen to this show a lot who follow junior hockey or college hockey but there'll be a lot of people just casual NHL fans who don't pay any attention to junior hockey yeah. they'll they'll listen to interviews like this because you're draft eligible so for the benefit of those people who don't watch junior hockey let's get to know you a little bit more and uh let, let's start with the, where are you from where did you grow up I grew up in a shabby little town in Quebec, uh, near Quebec City. Uh, my family, honestly, is a hockey family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've played, like, my father played hockey, my brother played hockey, and my mom's a big fan, too. So uh, I'm a big family, hockey family guy, and uh, living in Chambly growing up. Well, and your father, you mentioned, played. He was he played in the queue. I think he's still coaching or involved in uh, the, the league as well, isn't he, with uh, Ron Noranda? Yeah, he played the he played in the queue himself, but now he's more involved in the management. He's the assistant head, assistant GM and head scout of the Reno Ronda. That's right. So uh, it's, it's nice to be involved too in the league and my brother being around. So uh, nice to have shoulders to to lay around sometimes. And your brother Jacob is in the league as uh, this is his I believe yeah. his final year in the league and played for Valdor for a long time, but he's in Bacomo now, right? Growing up, did you guys, did you and Jacob get to play on the same team at all? There's a couple years difference, so I'm not sure if if you got to uh, have that yeah. experience or anything. It was like it, it would have been very fun, but uh, it was always like uh, I like I stepped into the 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 level, and then he went out. So right. we, we were all two years of difference. So that was a little problem growing up. We didn't get to play with each other, but we we were always at our game supporting each other and. Uh, 
uh, now we're in the same league, so it's kind of fun. With your dad having been a player and your older brother being a player, is that how you got interested in hockey? I mean, you're Canadian. We all kind of grew up that way as well. But <laughs> yeah. I, I have an older brother, and I always wanted to do whatever he was doing. So was there some of that yeah. for you when you were little? I'm, I'm sure it helped. Uh, I I put on some skates at, like, what, uh, two or three? Like, I grew up, uh, my father put put some skates on me, but uh, it was it was my passion, too. And like you said, you have an older brother and you're trying to little follow him a little bit. So it helped me in the way growing up. <laughs> when uh, Now, you never got to be on the same team, but you've played against each other now. That must be a lot of fun. <laughs> that is very fun. Uh, we're both centermen, so we play. So we get some face-offs uh, once in a while, and it's pretty fun. We get some uh, battles, uh, box-out kind of thing. Uh, it, it's fun playing against him. He's a very great player, and you can compete a little against uh, young brothers very uh, Something something special. No, I'm a younger brother, so I'm cheering for the younger brother in this. But, you know, when you guys are having the face-offs <laughs> or you're battling in the corner or in front of the net, who wins those battles? I'm go. I'm always going 110% when it's in so, uh, <laughs> uh Face-offs, I'd say, honestly, 60-40 uh, for me, honestly. But, ah. uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's my brother, so I always put in a little, a little extra to win this. And then the little brother, so... Uh, I'm always trying to win here. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, Natan Gaucher is my guest. Uh, Gaucher, excuse me, uh, is my guest. Plays for the the Quebec Rempart in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, and uh, you were drafted very high by uh, the Rempart, eighth overall in 2019. I imagine there's some pressure and expectations from the fan base that you know they want you to be a, a star player in the league, and obviously Patrick Wall used a, a high draft pick on you uh, to select you, so there's going to be expectations from the organization. Other players tell me, though, that nobody expects more from them than the player themselves. So is it fair to say that uh, you demand the most from you than more than, than the fans or the organization does? Yeah, I already like, put, uh, not pressure, but like I demand always to be the best every day. And um, I I kind of work with that pressure. I kind of, I'm fueled by that. Um, I'm determined and like, it just drives me uh, to be better and to prove that like, uh, I'm I'm the better player. They they should have chose and and stuff like that. So I the pressure. I love it. And uh, like this year, a lot of people were like, "Oh, you're gonna have a lot of pressure. It's your draft year. What are you gonna do?" Mm-hmm. Uh, it just drives me to to be better. I like that answer. Now think back to your first year in the league in your rookie season. I mentioned you had 24 points in 59 games. That's a good rookie year for sure. How are you different now than you were two years ago as a player? How have you evolved as a hockey player? It's it's the maturity in my game uh, coming into six. Like I I was uh, 15 years old when I came in. Uh, you know I wasn't the like, the biggest one, even if I was like six uh, one or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt a little small on the ice, and uh, but, but the biggest asset was my speed. I think uh, coming into junior, I think I I thought I was like a little slow. Which didn't happen to me before. So uh, between my first and my second year in the summer, I worked a lot on like explosiveness uh, in the gym with weights, uh, just jumping, uh, jump, uh, like uh, jump squats and stuff, mm-hmm. just trying to explode and uh, and, uh, and and get the speed going. So this is the, the aspect that I I grew. I think uh, more from my first and my second year. Well, and you're a bigger and stronger guy now too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Six six three and two hundred and seven pounds is what the uh, the website I'm looking at tells me. Is that accurate? How how close to correct is that? That's accurate. To pull a, a pull a, 
put the nail on a little Christmas weight, but uh, it looks like that. <laughs> I, I'm happy to hear that a you know an 18 year old athlete can have that too, because the 50 year old yeah. broadcaster put on a little Christmas weight as well. So you're making me feel better there. The, does that the the added weight uh, for you, you know, in the healthy weight, the good weight? Uh, compared to two years ago, do you feel bigger and stronger on the ice? And do, are you able to do things yeah. now that you couldn't do two years ago? Yeah, I feel more confident going into a, a battle in the corner. I know I can use my body. I can. I know I can use my, my butt uh, to, to protect the puck. Uh, it's huge for a player like me who plays like a, a rounded game, a 200 foot game to protect my puck. Uh, it's one of my really great assets. So uh, it's not bad to put on some weight and. Uh, Put on some weight and uh, to grow up a little to protect your buck. When when uh, people ask me about you know specific players, they want to know if they're a power forward or a, you know a, more of a, a setup guy or a shooter. Uh, we can look at your yeah. stats and see 26 points in 30 games, even pretty evenly split, 15 goals, 11 assists. Do you see yourself as more of a shooter or the setup guy? Um, growing up and like midget and something, I would have said uh, setting up like players. I like to to pass a lot i wouldn't shoot but uh uh recently like the last two years or something i'm trying to shoot uh for a big body i, I know i have a great shot so just having some confidence in my shot this is what i've been doing to, since the last uh, like two years uh, a centerman your size i'm guessing that you play around the net a lot like uh if you're on the <laughs> power play or uh you know in the offensive zone do you is that where you set up do you, are like are most of your goals scored within 10 feet of the net uh, looks about right. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> I, love, I love to go. I love to go put my nose in there. Uh, just trying to get the juicy rebounds and, uh, um, you know, scoring around the, the, the net and the inner slot. When it comes to the draft, I, I, you know, I'll ask players how much they think about the draft. And a lot of them will tell me they try not to think about it because they don't want it to become a distraction. But there are other players who tell me they want to see where central scouting has them ranked or, TSN or whatever, and they use that as motivation. What about for you, Nathan? Um, I'd be the third guy. It's motivation, honestly. Um, I find it fun to to, to see the list, to, to talk to the teams, to be involved a little bit with uh, the NHL clubs. Uh, it's 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 amazing. You know, you get to talk to every every team. You get to to see the the the, the um, you know the key points of, of of the team and organization. Who are they? Uh, you get to to watch NHL uh, uh, games a different a different way, so um, I find it fun and it mo- motivates me to to be better and to you know um, get the highest uh, as I can in the draft. Fantastic! I love that answer. Now, Central Scouting yeah. this week they released their midterm rankings. They have you 16th in North America. That's got to be pretty nice to hear. Do you look at that and say? I should be in the top 10 of that or something like, does it, does that push you harder or do you look at that and say, you know what? I I'm pretty happy with that. That's, that feels good. Yeah, no, I, I I'm happy with, uh, with uh, my ranking, but uh, there's always place to, to be better and to, to grow. And that's what I'm going to prove uh, the second half of the season. Now there's no question that you will be drafted this year. There's no pressure involved in that. At least I don't, I wouldn't expect that there is. It, it's only a matter of when you get taken. I want to know from you, does it matter if you're a first-round pick or a fourth-round pick? Does that change anything? I think everybody would agree that it would feel good to be known as a first-round pick, but really, in the end, does it change anything? Yeah. Um, honestly, it's it's the main goal here is to get drafted and to be part of a, an NHL organization. 
it's fun to be drafted in the first round with all the mediatic uh, attention and like all the like uh, big uh, um, show in Montreal this year. But uh, honestly, you get drafted for a team, and after the work's not done. You know, honestly, like I, if they draft someone in the first round and then I'm in the second round, uh, starting from the camp, there's no there's no round. So uh, you got to work for what you uh, what you want, and at the end of the day, it's the same thing. Uh, Uh, for me. You have a number of teammates who have gone through the draft already and have been selected. James Malatesta, Zach Bolduc, uh, yeah. other guys. <laughs> do, you, do you talk to them about what that experience is like? Yeah, it's fun. Here in Quebec, I live with uh, live with James, my blood brother. So uh, it's nice to get that support around uh, that shoulder uh, whenever you need them. Uh, they went to pro camps, so it's always, it's always nice to, to ask questions. Now, growing up in Quebec, uh, the only one NHL team there outside of Ottawa, and uh, and it's right on the border. But did you grow up a Canadiens fan, or were you cheering for somebody else? No, I was a Canadiens fan. I was going to, to see the games a lot. I was, I'm like uh, 15 minutes away from the rink, so um, it, it's 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 Montreal Canadiens for me. <laughs> Now, there's a lot of interest I know from the province of seeing the uh, the Nordique back in Quebec City. Now you play there, you're the big fish, the the rempire of the big hockey yeah. team there. Would you like to see the 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 NHL come back to Quebec City or do you like kind of being the the number one team? Um it's 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 a nice question. <laughs> uh, it, honestly, it'd be it'd be very very fun to have an NHL club here. But uh I really like playing <laughs> playing uh, in the big city, the Center and having all the, the attention from from uh, the city, but uh Uh, I think it it would be great for hockey. Uh, it would be nice to, to bring back the Nordiques and um, having like a, a second team in, in Quebec. I have to ask you about uh, Patrick Waugh and uh, getting to play for him. Obviously, he's a legend uh, in the NHL and in the province of yeah. Quebec. Uh, was there were you a little nervous at first? Is he an intimidating guy when you first arrived because he's he is such a big star? Yeah, when when I was uh, drafted, you know, you get the To go in the stadium here uh, um, in Quebec, it was in uh, it was a Vintertron Center, and then you you get to shake hands with Patrick Patrick Roy. Yeah, uh, it's it's a legend of hockey. I, we we all know, and uh, we I, I got to know a little more about him. He's my coach, so we we talk a lot, and uh, he's a very nice person. He's uh, the greatest coach I've co coach I've had uh, in my my hockey career so far. So uh, uh, yes, it's 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 a legend of hockey. But uh, for for me, he's my coach and. Uh, Uh, he's giving me advice. Excellent. Well, Nathan, I really appreciate your time today. I enjoyed the conversation a lot. Yeah, I good. wish you and the uh, the Rampart success uh, this season and whatever happens at the draft. I hope we can chat again one day. Yes, a uh, huge thank you for the Pipeline Show. Uh, it would be nice to, to chat again. That was Nathan Gaucher of the Quebec Rampart. Now, I wanted to re I asked him before we started recording how exactly I pronounce his name because it looks in, in English it would be Nathan. But he said, you know, either way works for him. But, of course, I always ask the guys, how do you say it? Or how does your mother say it? And uh, and for him, I actually went and uh, watched some highlights. Ray Cloutier, the voice of the Quebec Rampart, he's been on the Pipeline show before. It's been a while, though. I should get Ray on again. But I was sure that he had said Nathan Gaucher. But when I asked him, he said it's Gaucher. So I went with that. Because it's, it's not spelled like, it's not G-A-U-T-H-I-E-R, Gaucher. It's G-A-U-C-H-E-R, but I guess it's pronounced the same way. Always pays to ask the player himself how to properly say the guy's name. Anyway, 
Uh, what's not to like? Six foot three centerman. He's putting up basically a point per game player. Says he's rounding out his game so he's not just an offensive guy. There's lots to like about Nathan Gauthier. Up next, we head to the Ontario Hockey League for another 2022 draft spotlight segment. Here's a guy who is ranked really high by NHL Central Scouting. Plays for the Mississauga Steelheads. His name is Luca Del Bell Belouz. It's one of the trickier names in the class of 22, that's for sure. We'll get to know Luca next here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Lonnie wants this hat trick, and he's just going right to the net. Scores! There it is! He wanted it! He got it! <laughs> Give him five points! Hey, it's Gabriel Valetti of the Windsor Spitfires, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Five-time Alberta Junior Hockey League champions, the Spruce Grove Saints, are back and welcoming fans to the Grant Fuhrer Arena for the 2021-22 season. A community-minded Junior A hockey organization offering affordable family entertainment. Tickets to big league hockey at affordable family rates range from $9 to $15 with free parking and some of the best food and drink specials in town. For more information on tickets and how you can become a partner, go to sprucegrovesaints.ca. You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. I think I'm getting the black lung pop. Back on the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming, we're going to continue with the 2022 draft spotlight segments and get to know another player eligible for the upcoming NHL draft. But a reminder that the Pipeline Show is brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky anywhere in Western Canada, any order, any size. You can get it shipped directly to you, vacuum sealed, fresh on delivery, and absolutely delicious. WilhockBeefJerky.com. Unfortunately, my next guest is uh, too far east. He can't get uh, any Wilhock Beef Jerky at the moment. Uh, we're uh, headed to Ontario and uh, the top team in the OHL right now, the Mississauga Steelheads, and um, the uh, leading scorer for the Mississauga Steelheads is uh, draft eligible. His name, Luca Del Bell Belouz. Uh, Luca, welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, but uh, I'm not uh, you know, on the top team in the league and one of the leading scorers in the league, just uh, at the edge of the top 10 right now. I have to think you're pretty happy with the way things have gone so far. Uh, yeah, things are going great. Uh, we've got a great uh, group of guys in the locker room, and uh, we're just willing to win and never give up. Well, what's what's the secret to success, not just for you guys, but like when, you're, when you guys are having a, a good game, I'm sure you know the difference between you know, a successful uh, performance. I don't know if it's the execution of the game plan. Or, you know, the difference is uh, the few nights you've lost this year. Is it a big difference? Is it a kind of razor thin between success and failure? I think the biggest thing for us is that um, all the guys on our team are buying into the system. Mm. Um, Coach James Richmond has done a great job with us, you know, being really hard on us, whether it's like in the D zone, you know, learning all the systems. So I think, like I said, the biggest thing for us is buying in. And uh, I think the guys have done a great job of that. I don't know what you expected from yourself this year, because, I mean, nobody in the OHL played last season and, the 58 games you played as a rookie, I mean, you had six points. Now you're suddenly one of the top scorers in the league. Did you expect this from yourself? Or to some degree, have you almost surprised yourself? Well, I mean, for me, I'm pretty confident. So I'm going to say I, I did expect it for myself, but uh, it didn't come easy. You know, I had to work, do a lot of work in the offseason during the COVID stuff. You know, it wasn't always the easiest to get ice. But 
there was a lot of going to the gym and doing a lot of extra stuff. So I think uh, all that really translated into my game and, you know, it's helped me to where I am today. Who have your uh, line mates been for the most part this year or does that change often? Uh, no, I've played with the same three guys all year so far. Uh, James Hardy and Ty Collins. Well, and that's obviously a, a trio that's working out really well. What's the uh, the chemistry like? I mean, sometimes the line will have the shooter, one the setup guy, and then the, the third guy is the hard worker that digs the puck out of the corner. I don't know, or maybe you guys all share those roles. Uh, how, what's the uh, breakdown? You got it exactly right. I mean, with James Hardy, he's probably the best goal scorer in the league. Uh, I think he's second in goals right now, and he's just a guy that I can trust. That if I know I'm going to give him the puck, it's most likely to go on the back of the net. Uh, he's just an unbelievable goal scorer. Um, with uh, Ty Collins on the right wing, like you said, every line he's that kind of power guy is going to go in the corners, you know, not afraid to go anywhere. You know, he's not afraid to take a bump or anything like that. And, you know, he's that type of player. He's not going to back down. He's got great speed. And then, there, then there's me. I'm just kind of the guy I'm willing to feed the puck to feed the puck to the other guys. And, you know, I think we have great chemistry, us three. Well, it uh, seems to be working out pretty well for you and the team. Uh, big game coming up uh, this week. Uh, by the time this airs publicly, it'll be Friday. So the game on Thursday uh, will have already happened. But that's got to be a big one on the calendar at squaring off against North Bay. Yeah, you know, they're a top team in this league as well. And, um, you know, we played them a couple of times. We've never, they've never really blown us out and we've never blown them out. So it's going to be a good one. And I think it's going to be a really hard fought battle like it always is against those, uh, that team. Uh, they got the good guys, the good players, but, you know, so do we. And I think it's going to be a good one. Luca Del Belbaluz is my guess. He's a forward with the Mississauga Steelheads. And, uh, Luca, what we like to do in this part of the show is let the audience get to know somebody that's draft eligible. And, the Pipeline Show is a junior and hockey and college hockey show, so the regular listeners will follow the OHL. Uh, but there'll be a lot of casual NHL fans that listen to a segment like this because you're a draft eligible player. They might not uh, care at all about junior hockey, but they care about you. Uh, so let's get a little background for those fans who who don't watch the OHL at all. Uh, where are you from? I'm actually from Vaughan, Ontario, Vaughan, Ontario, and um, it's a pretty big town in Toronto, a little north. A uh, little on the north, northern side, uh, just below Barry. Uh, how old were were you when you first started playing hockey? Did you, did you take to it really young? Uh, yeah. So um, my dad was uh, was a hockey player growing up, and he went and played in Europe and you know uh, university hockey, all that. So as a young kid, I think I was around three years old. He had me. He had me going right away, uh, getting uh, in skates, you know, on the ice, even in the basement, shooting pucks, all that. So, I mean, he's kind of been the guy that's been there by my side the whole time because, you know, he loves the game just as much as I do, and it's a big thing for him as well. So were you in Europe uh, as, as, as a youngster at all while he was still playing, or have you always been in North America? No, I've, I've always been in North America. Nice to have a coach right in the house, though. I imagine as a former player, he's helping you along. Yeah, he, he, he says the game has slipped away from him a little bit, but um, <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. He's like sacked a little, like he doesn't know what's going on, but he knows, and he'll, he'll tell me what's going on and what he sees in my game. and uh yeah he's he's great he he's been my role model since day one and it's gonna be like that for a while luca have you always been a forward or did you uh at a younger age did you ever pl- try the the blue line or heck even put the pads on well i yeah i've always been a forward but i remember uh, as a as a young kid i never told anyone never told my dad or anything because he used to be a defenseman mm-hmm. uh i kind of wanted to try defense but i like i was never gonna say anything because forward was just where i was so it's just I've always been forward. So you've always had this secret dream to be a defenseman, but never got to try it. <laughs> never did, no. But I was always that guy. In my, I was always that guy in minor hockey, or if anything, if we were up by like a lot of goals, I was always asking Coach, "Oh, can I go play D?" <laughs> so 
one of those guys. I didn't know that happened all that often. I always thought it was the, the other way around. Everybody wants to be the forward to, to try to score. Well, for me, it was the opposite way around. Well, that's funny. Uh, I know a <laughs> lot of players they talk to, maybe when they're, you know, seven, eight years old or something like that, their team might not have had a full-time goalie, so everybody would have to kind of rotate and take their turn. Did you have a, an opportunity to like that? No, for me, goalie goalie was never never that big. In the OHL priority selection, uh, you were a third-round pick, I believe, if, if that's correct, uh, yes. 51st yes, overall. So expectations, yeah. I don't know, again, we talked about expectations coming into the league, but uh, usually you'd see like the first-rounders who are leading the league in scoring. Are you almost exceeding expectations, you think, from uh, people outside? Uh, you know, you, you always expect a, a lot from yourself, I'm sure, but... You might even be surprising some of the uh, uh, the so-called experts. Yeah, I mean, I guess as a third-round pick, you know, not everyone uh, sees sees me doing that as well as I'm doing right now. But um, I think for me, the biggest thing was, you know, as a third-rounder coming into my first year, it was, like I said, it was a big learning process. I didn't play that much. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I learned a lot in my first year and really took a lot in from a lot of older veterans that are now playing, some are playing NHL games and all that. So I think those guys have helped me a lot as well. I'm in Edmonton, uh, and uh, I know you were here as a kid playing in the uh, Brick Invitational Tournament, uh, a peewee tournament. Yes, I was. Eight points yeah. in six games. What do you remember from that uh, that tournament getting to play in West Edmonton Mall? Oh, it's probably one of my greatest hockey memories. Um, <laughs> it was unbelievable. I mean, playing in a mall and, you know, with the, with the short glass and all that and the fans hanging over, I thought that was just unbelievable. And it was just a really cool experience. Uh, it doesn't. The sheet I'm looking at doesn't tell me how your team finished, but I know you got to the playoffs. Uh, how did it end up for you? We did. We we did. We did end up winning the whole thing. We won. We won the whole tournament, and that was, that was even cooler. Wow! Look at you. <laughs> there was a there was actually a couple of goals that couple of goals that were scored by like I don't know if you know like Brennan Hoffman. Mm-hmm. He, he had scored a goal, and he actually had jumped into the glass, and like his like our parent group had like picked him up and like brought him like over the glass. It was kind of cool. It was funny. So it's just another good memory from that tournament. Fantastic! So one of the career highlights already uh, when you were, uh, you know, in Pee Wee. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, tell me about uh, your sort of your evolution as a player over the last couple of seasons, and I mean, not having a season at all last year, and yet uh, having this big breakout this season. Compare yourself to when you were a rookie. You said you didn't get to play a whole lot that first year. Uh, much different story now. So how do you, when you look back and think of yourself two years ago, how are you a different player now? Yeah, so for me in my first uh, first season with the Steelheads, um, I obviously, like I said, I didn't play that much, but um, I had six points in 58 games, and uh, I was actually a minus 13. And the biggest thing for for me and uh, Coach James Richmond was that you know if you wanted to play the big minutes, you uh, you couldn't be in the minuses, like you couldn't be that high in the minuses. Like I was leading the team in minuses at that time, hmm. and you know I, we had talked a lot over the quarantine and you know over COVID and the break. And he's like, if you wanna, if you wanna play those minutes, you gotta, you gotta work on your game defensively. And at the time, in my first year, I was, only, I was only weighing in at like 150, so I was actually very scrawny, very little. And for me, the biggest evolution and biggest change in my game was, you know, putting on the weight and getting in the gym. I ended up gaining 35 pounds, so now I'm weighing in at like 185. Hmm. So um, I think that's, that's one of the biggest things, you know, really taking pride in my defensive game. You know, has also translated to. You know, you got in order to get the puck, you got to play defense. So, uh, I think my defensive game has really, you know, been uh, been the biggest part of my game. All right. Well, the uh, the draft obviously something that's uh, on the horizon for you, not that far away now. Is it something you spend much time thinking about, or are you one of those players who doesn't like to think about it at all? 
I mean, I feel like anyone would be lying to you for not thinking about it. It's definitely on your mind, but, you know, you kind of try to tune all the noise out of it. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of buzz around it, and everyone's kind of t- talking about it. You know, your teammates are talking about it, but you kind of just try to stay away from that. You know, just play your game. You're you're on your team because uh, you know what you can do, mm-hmm. and you, you want to win games. So I think that's the biggest thing right now. For fans, again, the casual NHL fans that don't follow the OHL, uh, if uh, if they were to tune in and be able to watch a Steelheads game, what what should, what should they expect from you? How do you describe yourself as a player? I would say I'm a player with a very high hockey IQ. You know, I'm very creative with the puck, uh, able to make plays under high pressure. Uh, I'm very shifty with the puck. I can, you know, make plays that other other players don't see. So I say that's probably the biggest biggest thing in my game. I know you said you're the guy who sets up James Hardy because he's such a good goal scorer, but do you do you think your goal-scoring ability, I mean, you got 20 goals. Um, you said you're kind of a pass-first guy right now, but do you think your shot is uh, maybe a little under-appreciated? Under, uh, no, I, I do. I do. I can't score goals, but, you know, he, he's he's a better goal scorer, put it that way. Okay. Uh, I trust I trust the puck in his hands a lot, and, you know, he, he's even a great playmaker too. Like, if you watch a lot of my clips of my goals, He's assisting most of them, so you know he's a big part of my game as well. Central Scouting's uh, ranking came out uh, this week, and uh, they have you respectively high, uh, 11th overall in North America. I'm sure if you, even if you didn't uh, seek that out to fi- figure it out yourself, I'm sure you've been told about that. So it's not a it's not a spoiler or anything like that. But uh, how does that make you feel when uh, you regarded that high? The biggest thing, like obviously, it's great being ranked number 11. But you know, uh, the the thing that's got me there is the way I've been playing and. You know, I don't want to get away from that. Being ranked 11th, also like like I said, it was great, but um, there's still a long way to go. It's still very early in the season. You know, a lot of things could happen. The last thing you want is for me to change my game and you know think I'm just, uh, some kind of offensive threat that's not going to like care anymore, not uh, care defensively. So I think just sticking to my game is the biggest thing right now. How'd you spend last season without the OHL playing at all? I mean, did have this? Uh, it didn't doesn't seem to have affected your development at all. But why is that? Uh, well, I try to get as much ice as possible. Anytime I, there was an opportunity for ice, it was just a lot of training and you know getting on the ice, getting in the gym. Uh, it all comes down to that at the end of the day. It's all it's all on how much you put into it. A lot of other guys in the league that you're able to to find ice time with and, and train with. There's a couple guys, but mostly stuff I do is kind of on my own. Uh, what sort of areas of your game are you still? Do you think you need to focus on the most uh, before you can get to the next level and have success there? Um, the biggest thing, the biggest two things for me are, uh, I would say, my strength and like you know, putting on weight because obviously guys in the next level are very big, they're very strong. Sure. And uh, the second thing is uh, speed. You know, the game's always getting faster, and you can never be too fast. So um, I think you know, always getting faster is a big thing. Is is speed right now or skating right now? Is that uh, a concern for you, or do you think you're good? But you just need to get better. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think I'm good right now, but I, there's always there's always room to improve. Uh, Ontario guide grew up uh, just outside of Toronto. Does that automatically make you a Leafs fan? Uh, I don't want to assume that you might be cheering for you know an arch rival behind <laughs> enemy lines. No, it's it's automatically a Leafs fan for me. You get to go to a lot of games. Yeah, I've been to a lot of games growing up, uh, and yeah, great, great, great arena. Uh, I'm sure it is. I've never actually been able to take in a game. Uh, at the at Toronto's uh, home rink, uh, whether the current one or the Garden, did, did you ever get to go to the Garden? No, 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 not for me. Before your time? Yeah. <laughs> I, see, I'm old. I I always forget these things when I'm talking to the players. But um, any anyone inside the organization with the Leafs that uh, that you kind of look to and see a, a similarity at least in the way that they play and the 
the way that you've been playing so far with the Steelheads? Like on the Leafs currently right now? Yeah, yeah. Somebody that you can look at and say, you know what, I, I same body type, maybe I can play that way and have success like that guy has. Well, I wouldn't say I, I play like anyone on the Leafs because, I mean, they're a very stacked team and, you know, they got some very high, strong power. But uh, for me growing up, um, obviously as a Leafs fan, Austin Matthews has been like my role model uh, in the NHL and I watch clips of him all the time and I think he is one of the best in the NHL and he's someone I try to model my game after uh, because of how good he is. So I think he's he's like the biggest guy, biggest role model for me in the NHL. Well, Luca, listen, I really appreciate your time. I, I wish you and the Steelheads the best of luck the rest of the way this year and uh, whatever happens at the draft, uh, maybe we can chat again. All right, thank you. Have a good one. Thanks for having me on. Mississauga Steelheads forward Luca Del Bell Belouz having a fantastic season. 47 points in 36 games. 20 of those are goals. This is a guy who didn't get to play at all last year and uh, played very sparingly in his rookie season. Less than 10 points. What did he say? He had six points as a rookie. Uh, seemingly, I mean, for a lot of people, that would be coming out of nowhere. But he's put the work in and deserves a ton of credit. And uh, those Steelheads having a fantastic season as well. I think the OHL playoffs this year are, that's going to be really competitive. You get through the first round, you're going to have eight teams left. All of them, I think, uh, contenders. Now, there's a lot of hockey still to be played between now and the start of the OHL playoffs, so things might uh, change down the stretch, but uh, we'll see. It's looking pretty competitive right now. We've got one more segment to go on this week's episode of the Pipeline Show. It will not be a 2022 Draft Spotlight segment. What it is, well, you'll have to find out when we come back. You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming, fueled by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Yorkstrand hustles after it. Gabrikov off the point. Schillinger, his first in the National Hockey League. Hey, it's Paul Schillinger, the two Paul Stampede, and this is the Pipeline Show. Development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. NHLers Kyle Turris wow, and Duncan Keith Goal! and future NHLers Tyson Jost and Dante Fabro all took the campus route. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world. Okay, so we're back on the Pipeline Show. Now, this was not planned. Uh, I actually was supposed to have a guest in this final segment, but uh, that guest that I had lined up, not able to join me, uh, so we're pushing it to next week. So that was going to be Mitch Brown from Elite Prospects. We're going to talk about some of the uh, higher-end players eligible for the upcoming 2022 NHL draft as Elite Prospects, so one of those top independent uh, scouting groups out there. They do such a, a fantastic job, whether it's uh, at the Elite Prospects site or at EP Ringside. We've had a number of guests from both on, on the Pipeline show in the past. Well, Mitch is going to join us uh, for next week's show. Uh, so we've already got a couple of topics uh, lined up with him that we're going to talk about. Uh, so uh, hoping to do that as early as Monday or Tuesday. So if you're a patron of the show at patreon.com slash the Pipeline show, look for that. Uh, on Monday or Tuesday. Also on Monday, Jimmy Conley from USCHO is going to uh, have a conversation with me. We're going to look ahead to the upcoming Beanpot Tournament, which I think this year 
Northeastern would be one of the favorites, but they're going to have to go into it without Devin Levi, their netminder, because he's going to be playing for Canada at the Olympics. So is it BC? Is it BU? Is it Harvard? Or are the Huskies still the favorite, even without Devin Levi? We'll find out uh, when we talk to Jimmy Connolly next week. Uh, I imagine there will be a 2022 draft spotlight segment or two of them. I know there were a couple of European players who were supposed to be playing in the World Junior Championship this year that I had kind of tentatively had uh, lined up with their agents, uh, but they fell through because of the tournament being canceled. So I might revisit those couple of very high-end uh, Europeans, but we'll see because there's there's so many different topics and, and uh, leagues that we can dip our toe into that uh, there'll be something, that's for sure. All right, but because of that, that's uh, that's going to do it for this week. So I appreciate uh, the three players that you did hear from, and I am looking forward to uh, chatting with you next week. Enjoy the weekend. Just remember to treat each other with compassion and uh, a little patience. Everybody is tired of COVID. Everybody is at their wit's end. It doesn't seem that long ago we were, you know, banging pots on our doorsteps and our porches and our uh, balconies, uh, saluting all the healthcare workers and frontline workers and. Now it seems uh, everybody is so fed up with the whole situation. It doesn't matter politically what, if you lean left or right, everybody is pissed off and there's so much anger and hostility out there. Let's try to not contribute to that. Let's start treating each other with compassion and a little bit of empathy and I think we'll all be uh, better off for it. All right, that's right, I'm going to get off the soapbox. Until next week, everybody, get out and watch some junior or college hockey. If you can, do it safely. And then we can talk about it next week here on The Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. My name's Keith Flaming. See ya.